big clap of praise. But how we're all doing this morning? You good? Well, we're continuing on our, our second week of Thanksgiving. We're going to b- talk about the art of being thankful. How many like hanging around thankful people? Uh, you know, how many know entitlement is not attractive? Uh, they say today that this is the E generation, the entitled generation. But uh, we don't own that. We don't buy into that because we're God's people. Amen. And how many are thankful today for what God's done in their life? Come on. How, how, I want to say, come on, let's express that thanks. Come on. Can we lift our voice? Can we give them thanks right now? Come on, how about putting our hands together? Lifting our voice and giving them a big clap of praise. Amen. Well, we're alive and kicking. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will what? I will rejoice, and I'll be glad in it. And I love what Jesus just quickly said to Nicodemus. He said, unless somebody is born again, they won't see the kingdom of God. You won't see the kingdom of God. How many know we're born once, but we need to be born again? Don't you like the song that we sung this morning? It says, rejoice in the Lord always and Again, I say rejoice. How many know there's something powerful in doing it once? Yeah, I've been born once, but you know, life doesn't really make sense unless you're born again. You can rejoice once, but it says, and again, I say rejoice. Here's the deal. When you do something again, it's a gain. Uh, some of you didn't get that. Some of you get there. Oh, it's like when you do it again, it's ah gain. You gain a whole lot more. Oh, they're asking me to praise again, clap my hands again. Do I have to do it? No. Every time you do it, you gain something in God. Come on, we're speaking about Thanksgiving again. Yeah, we're doing it again and again. And every time we do it, we gain. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice, rejoice. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, rejoice, rejoice. It's time to rejoice. You may grab your seat wherever you are. Tell them, I'm glad I'm sitting next to you this morning. And if you got your Bible, let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 5. This Thessalonians chapter 5. You know, we always say you can have something going on on the outside, but not have anything going on on the inside. In fact, Jesus said, you know, you Pharisees, you're whitewashed tombs. You're clean on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead man's bones. And one thing we don't want to be is a church that has a whole lot of activity, but no substance. We want to be people of substance in Jesus' name. And how many know you can't have things going on the inside without it being reflected on the outside? It manifests itself. You can't keep it down. You know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's why we should always be rejoicing. We should always be thankful. We should always be having a party in Jesus' name. Oh, don't get too excited right now. Come on, that's God's plan. And here in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, you know, Paul says, rejoice. What does he say? Rejoice. 
and not just sometimes, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, so pray all the time, and in everything you do, give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. You know, I said last week, many people want to know what the will of God is for them. You know, people freak out. They think it's some type of tightrope. If they had Vegemite instead of Marmite, it's like, man, I'm out of the will of God. By the way, how many people think Vegemite's the will of God? How many people would think Marmite's the will of God? We've got more Marmite. I personally think jammers. And, uh, you know, you know, many people get hung up about, oh, if I make the wrong decision. You know, how many know if you do these three things, you can't make the wrong decision? You know, if you rejoice always, if you pray without ceasing, and you give thanks in everything, you'll discover the will of God for your life. See, 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 the will of God is the position of our hearts in relationship to God. And here, these three instructions are, are instructions that were to do at all times and in every circumstance. Uh, rejoicing, prayer, thanksgiving. You know, how many know, number one, they all require faith. Uh, that you can't do them in every situation in every moment without faith. They all require faith. They all draw our attention towards heaven. And thirdly, they, they attract heaven to our circumstances. And, and fourthly, here's the thing with all of those activities, what we're commanded to do, is, is they're continuous. They're, they're not behaviors that we put on and we take off. They're, they're not like a piece, a piece of clothing we wear just once. Uh, that's something that we wear all the time. You know, and, and you know, when it comes to living out everything that God has for us, I believe we've got to learn you know, from what Paul's saying here. He's saying, come on, I want you to rejoice. I want you to pray without ceasing. Yeah, it's like someone, pray without ceasing? How does that work? You know, I like what one revivalist says. He, he, he said, well, it's really that I pray for an hour a day but it's also very rare where I don't pray within every hour of the day. And, and, and praying without ceasing is just having your, your consciousness centered on Jesus. It's going through your day, you know, acknowledging His presence. So it's praying without ceasing. And in everything is giving thanks. You know, thanksgiving is key in this. Because it aligns our heart with the truth. See, without being thankful, we don't recognize what we have. How many know we have more than we think we have? You know, so often we're looking over at what somebody else has, and we think, if I had that, if I, you know, had that opportunity. But we don't realize sometimes it takes our eyes off what we have and what we have been given. When it comes to God, God has given us so much. Yeah, you've been given good things. How many are looking forward to shopping for Christmas presents? Anybody? No, not many people are looking. How many looking to receiving Christmas presents? Okay, we've got a little bit more excitement there. But, you know, when you go shopping, you're trying to think of what somebody needs. And, you know, so often in today's world, we go, oh, well, we'll just give them cash because they, they know what they need and they can get what they want. You know, one thing I love about God is when God goes shopping, He knows what you want better than you do. And he knows what you need better than you, or what you do. And when God goes shopping, he doesn't go shopping at the warehouse. You know, he doesn't, you know, and what he buys, you know, it works. And it lasts. 
and it brings freedom and it brings joy, not just for a moment, but, but it brings joy everlasting to our lives. Come on, how many are glad that, that, that when it comes to God and what we have, you know, any good thing, every good and perfect gift, where does it come from? It comes from above, it comes from Him. And that's why we need to give thanks. I want a chance to say anything good going on in your life right now is because of God. It's not because of you. But so often we attribute it to, it's me, you know, look what I did. No, it's it's because of God. And if we can give thanks, it it releases something in our lives. See, see, here's the deal. When it comes to thanks, God doesn't need our thanks. Uh, How many know he survived well and managed okay without it for a long time? Come on right now. Uh, but God wants to thank uh, us to thank Him. Why? I want to quickly today give you four things why thanksgiving is important. So you're ready for this. You may want to write these down. In fact, uh, I challenge you even this week to write a list of things that you are thankful for. In fact, every time we go through a challenge, Kathy and I, we just sit down and we go, hey, we're, we're going to write down things that we want to give God thanks for. It's amazing how things change just in that moment. Here's what Thanksgiving does in our life. Number one, Thanksgiving acknowledges the truth about our lives. How many know when it comes to truth, truth sets us free. And, and, and one thing we've got to acknowledge is our lives are a gift from God. The other thing that we're going to acknowledge is He is sovereign. And there's stuff outside of our thinking that we don't understand. I love Romans chapter 1. Let's just flick in our Bible to Romans chapter 1. It's going to come up on screen. Romans chapter 1. Here it goes. It says, For the wrath of God, whoa, that's pretty strong right there. <laughs> the wrath of God is revealed against, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Listen to this. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them. So so they suppress the truth. They don't realize it because they don't see that God is manifest in the fact that they're living. It's in them. For God has shown it to them. Listen to this. For since the creation of the world His invisible attributes are clearly seen, but being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and the Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because all, I'll just stop there, hang on, I need to stop there, because it says there, all creation is without excuse when it comes to the knowledge of God. Because you just need to open your eyes and look around, and the invisible attributes of God are clearly to be seen. Come on, they are clear. How many need a little bit of clarity from time to time? How many get lost in these circumstances? But we need to lift our head up. We need to wake up, wake up, as we talked about last week, because they are clearly to be seen. But it goes on and it says, but because... Although they knew God, listen to this, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Well, that's a pretty strong passage of Scripture there. But what you've got to understand from this passage is God hasn't kept Himself a secret. 
God hasn't kept himself a secret. And knowing God is not too hard. It's not, in fact, it's the most obvious thing. Knowing God, all you need to do to know God is you need to glorify Him and be thankful. That's all you need to do is glorify Him and be thankful. And, and this response acknowledges the truth and opens us up to heaven. See, see without this response... Uh, Paul says, uh, he's saying to the Romans, your thoughts become futile. Your thoughts become futile. What, what does that mean? It means that they become purposelessness. Purposeless. <laughs> Not this. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but, but they're cut away. They're removed. Your thoughts are removed from God's purpose. That's why thanksgiving is so vital because it releases your understanding to know God's purpose for your life. So, so without that, your thinking is whacked. Your, your thinking goes astray when you don't give thanks. That's why thanksgiving is so important. But not only that, uh, does our thoughts become futile, it says our hearts become darkened. Become darkened, you know. In other words, when our hearts are dark, our, our desires are perverted. And, and we engage with things that in the end don't benefit us. That's where people get trapped by sin. And that's why Thanksgiving is not, oh, well, come on, it's, it's not just manners. Oh, well, say thank you. Say thank you right now. No, Thanksgiving, we need to understand the power. Come on, there's a power when it comes to Thanksgiving. There's a power to praise. It keeps our thoughts aligned with God's purpose. It keeps us walking in the lights when we glorify Him and give Him thanks. Come on, are there any thankful people in church this morning? Come on, how about giving them thanks? Come on, let's not give them a half-hearted clap. Let's give them a full-on clap. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So what is Thanksgiving? It acknowledges the truth about our life. But here's the other thing about Thanksgiving. Number two, it sanctifies. Thanksgiving sanctifies. It sanctifies whatever it touches. I want to show you this in 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. It says, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Man, it's getting heavy this morning. I'm reading some heavy verses right there. But you need to know that in the last days, some people will stray. They'll go away. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with, with what? So, so foods to be received with thanksgiving for those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is, what is it? It is good. It is good. And nothing is to be refused, even if it is received with, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now, now what you've got to understand, the context of this food uh, verse is food was a big deal to the church. In fact, well, it's still a big deal today. It's a big deal. But why was a big deal back then, why it was an issue, was the early Christians were, were, were saying, well, uh, can we eat food that's been offered to idols? 
Are we allowed to eat that? And, you know, a lot of people are superstitious, fearful. If we eat those, uh, that food, you know, a curse will come upon us. You know, there was all laws governing what food to eat, what food not to eat. And, and, and a lot of people put all these rules and these boundaries in. And here Paul says, he says, with prayer and thanksgiving, that food is sanctified. In other words, with prayer and thanksgiving, that deauthorizes and debunks what the, the, the assignment or the purpose, what that food was initially presented for, and it changes it so it can be used for God's purpose. Come on, uh, this is big right now. Because this principle doesn't just apply to food. It applies to anything in our life. And the principle is that thanksgiving sanctifies. To sanctify something means to set it apart for a unique purpose. You know, the reason why we say grace is, is we're sanctifying that food for it to fulfill God's purpose in our life. Grace should not be just a religious thing that we do before we eat a meal. We're, we're going to say, no, this food is going to enable me, empower me to do everything that God's purpose for my life. Come on, how, how many want that? You know, often we will say grace when we don't know what we're eating. How many have ever been to a place where you're, you're going, I, I'm eating this, I don't, it's been presented to me, but I, I don't know what it is. In fact, I, I remember I was in Australia once, we've been billeted out, we're staying at a person's house, and uh, they put steak in front of us, we're eating the steak, and oh, this is amazing, my friend was eating it. It's incredible, this is great. And uh, they said, well, you know, you know this is kangaroo? And uh, right there, uh, my mate goes, oh, <laughs> he was saying it was amazing, but then he couldn't get past Skippy. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't get past Skippy, and because he couldn't get past Skippy, he couldn't take another bite of that. You know, but here's the thing, when, when you pray, when you give God thanks, it doesn't matter what you, it, it's sanctified. That's good news. Now, now, now when it comes to, to giving thanks, if we can give thanks, in every situation. Notice in First Thessalonians, uh, Paul didn't say for everything. You know, you don't give God thanks for everything. You know, how many know sickness doesn't come from God? Now, don't give God thanks for sickness. Now, don't, don't, if you're going through a challenge, you know, don't, don't thank God for that challenge. You know, thank God in that challenge. In everything, give thanks. Because by giving thanks, you're sanctifying that situation. And where the enemy would try and use it for evil, where he'd try and use it for bad, you know, by thanking God for in it, should I say, thanking God in it, you know, what you're doing is you're debunking the enemy's power, you're deauthorizing de him, and, and you're saying, God, you're going to change the nature of this situation, and what's meant for evil, you're going to use it for good. Come on, there's power in thanksgiving. And if you can give, oh, some of you came in depressed today. Some of you came in, you know, your challenges are you at the front of your mind. And God's saying, no, I want you to lift your eyes. And if you can give me thanks in this situation, I can remove the enemy's power. And what is meant for evil, I can turn around and be used for good. Come on. Come on. How many? That opens your eyes. 
That, that's why, you know, when you're feeling down, the worst thing you can do is stay at home and be depressed. Uh, if you're happy and you're not, clap your hands. Yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> We've got some people, you know, it's often when you're miserable, what you do is you go home and watch a sad movie. That's the worst thing that you can do. Close the curtains, get all dark on yourself, and just eat. You know, it's like, no, if you're happy and you're not, you just need to praise God. Yeah, you need to give God thanks. You need an atmosphere like this. You need to drag yourself along to church. You need to say, no, this day I'm going to praise God. I, this is the day that He has made, and I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it. I'm going to give God thanks in every situation in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God a big clap of praise right now. In everything, give thanks. Giving God thanks. How many know in a difficult situation requires faith? Requires, but, but it's, it's a decision. It's a decision. You know, being born once, you didn't decide to be born. The, the second decision you made has a lot of power to it is when you decided to be a follower of Jesus and be born again. Yeah, you know, the decision you make. Yeah, I love my daughters, Sophia. Uh, you know, they've got great relationships, and, and uh, my youngest daughter is a little bit, five years between her and Ruby, and uh, she goes, sisters by chance, and she goes, friends by force. <laughs> the saying's meant to be sisters by chance, friends by choice. But she's changed it around and said, friends by force. <laughs> and she does this little, <laughs> and, and goes and hugs her sister and won't let her go. And, uh, you know, but here's the thing. It's like, you know, family by chance, but it's, it's family by choice. It's the decisions that you make that actually release the power of God. You know, you know so uh, you can rejoice when you receive good news, but what about when you receive bad news? See, that's where the power of God is actually released in those situations. So here's the thing, Thanksgiving sanctifies. Number three, what does Thanksgiving do? Thanksgiving releases divine justice. Thanksgiving releases divine justice. You know, Jesus sent out, us out with an assignment. It was the same assignment he had. And that assignment was to destroy the works of the devil. And the enemy is destroyed by the very thing he intended for our destruction. Yeah, you know, it's like with Jesus, the cross was not a means of, of Jesus' defeat. In fact, it represents the greatest victory that the world has ever known. Now, one of the clearest examples of divine justice, how God works, is, is found in the book of Esther. You know, Haman, who was out there to destroy the Jews, destroy the Israelites. And he built gallows, and, and he tried to put out a decree that, that, that the Jews would be hung. But the very gallows he built, he actually got hung on himself. And the position, you know, he occupied in power, Mordecai, the person who he hated, ended up in that position. And, and you've got to see... That, that's divine justice We're working right there. It's, it's the nature of how spiritual warfare works. And, and here's the deal. It works like this. If you could just focus on God and not be distracted by what's around you, 
God will work in your favor. And the thing that was, is trying to come against you, the, the test that you're, you're going through right now, if you look to Jesus, it will become your testimony. You know, that, that, that's what we don't realize. You know, so, some of us right now, we've got testing circumstances. We've got tests. And, and, and the danger is our eyes get focused, you know, on what we're going through. But if we can thank God and keep our eyes on the King and, and, and release heaven in that situation, God will fight on our behalf and He'll bring about divine justice. Come on, how many need to see some divine justice in their world? You know, you're up against some things, and it's like the enemy wants to get you focused on this, focused on that, focused on what people are saying. But if you just keep your attention on Jesus, it's amazing how God will turn things around. In fact, you know, when Kathy and I are under attack, one thing we've determined in our, in our heart is, is we, we, we go, okay, the enemy's coming at us. We're just going to go harder for the kingdom. Uh, we're, we're gonna win more people to Jesus. <laughs> we're, we're gonna serve like nothing else until the devil releases his grip. <laughs> yeah, and I, we've found, you know, how many know the devil doesn't like us winning people to Jesus? Come on, if you're up against spiritual attack, the best thing you can go is deeper into God's purpose. Because as you go deeper into God's purpose, the enemy goes, well, man, I, I don't know if my tactics are working. <laughs> You know, they're going stronger. They're going harder. They're not relenting. They're not, you know, sulking. They're not allowing themselves to be depressed. You know, and, and that's the nature of spiritual warfare. It's like, like when Nehemiah was trying to rebuild the wall, the, the enemy was all the time trying to distract him. You know, Tobiah, Geshem, and Sambalat, you know, they realized they couldn't destroy him. So, so what they do, try to do is they try to distract him. They, they, they try to distract him with menial things. Come down off the wall. And, and Nehemiah said, Nehemiah 6, he said, I am doing a good work. Somebody say, I am doing a good work. I, I want to declare, if your heart's seen it on, on Jesus, you're doing a good work. And he said, why should the work cease while I come down to negotiate with you? Here's the question I want to ask you this morning is, what would get you down off the wall of God's purpose for your life? What, what situation and circumstances would get you down off the wall? Because I'd challenge to say that's a distraction. And it's part of the enemy's plan. You know, when, when it comes to, to, to being distracted, you know, distracted drivers, how many know are dangerous drivers? It only takes two seconds to kill. That's an advert. You know, talking on your phone, that's why you don't do it while you're driving, texting. Come on, how many ever talked on their phone or text before while driving? Lift up your hand. We can be honest in church. Yeah, uh, look at all of you. We should report you. Uh, uh, but two seconds to kill, two seconds distracted. You go 56 meters. You're, you're a danger out there. But do you know what's dangerous is a distracted Christian, distracted with issues on, on the periphery. And it's like the enemy's getting people down off the wall of God's purpose. Uh, you know, focused on menial issues. You know, the enemy wants to sow discord and, and stop the church being united. And, you know, time and time it'll get the people down off the wall to negotiate. No, the best thing that we can do is just go strong into God's purpose. You know, if the enemy wants to steal something from you, you know, I'm not a good thief, but I'm told. A good thief, 
what they do is they create a distraction. They, they get people looking over here while they're stealing something here. Right now, could stuff be, be could, could things be, well, I'll get this out. <laughs> could you be having stuff stolen from you and you not even know it? And you don't know it because you're distracted? Because your eyes aren't seeing it. See, what Thanksgiving does is keeps you aware of God. Now, you know, that's why complain. How many know we've all got stuff to complain about? Now, how many uh, you know, could think about some stuff they could complain about right now? You know, just right now, lift up your hand. Come on, uh, that's, that's not a hard exercise. You know, complain. Oh, I could write down a whole list of things I could complain about. But complaining stopped the Israelites entering into their promise. We've all got stuff that we could complain about. Faith is about thanksgiving. And faith is, is about acknowledging His presence, His leadership, His guidance. And God wants to take us into everything that He's purposed in Jesus' name. Thanksgiving releases divine justice. Number four, last one, if we could have the musicians up, is thanksgiving brings heaven to earth. It brings heaven to earth. You know, we're called to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, heaven wants to invade earth. And as believers, we can't be content or apathetic, should I say, until we see heaven's reality becomes earth, earth's reality. And here in Psalm 100, and I know we've read this before and you'll know it well, but I'm going to say it again, because if we do it again, we gain. You know, you know, you can read a verse time and time again, but still miss some stuff. You know, I've been a believer a long time and uh, I read some stuff and I go, wow, I didn't see that before. You know, oh, I know that verse. No, there's always something new. Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Come on, be thankful to him and bless his name. I, I believe we need a purpose to live in a way that nothing gets bigger than our God consciousness. No issue we're going through, no, no circumstance, no diagnosis, no whatever. Nothing gets bigger than our God consciousness. I love what Psalm 112 says. It says, the righteous never, they don't fear bad news. Fear, so many people are living in fear. You know, go to the doctor, you know, oh, what's that? Need to get it checked out, need to get scanned, different things. Fear can come into your heart so quickly. What's going to happen? What's going to go on there? What's my future? But it says the righteous never fear bad news. Never fear. It doesn't mean bad news won't come. What it means is that you won't fear it. Yeah, you've got some challenges ahead business-wise, different things. You don't need to fear the future. You, know, you, don't, you don't need to fear what's ahead. You know, live with a God consciousness in everything that you do. You know, and even the messiest situations, God can turn around. He reversed death. He can reverse anything in yours and my life if we just looked to Him. Come on, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, 
if you're feeling weighed down by life's problem. If they become bigger than your awareness of God, that's when you have a problem. And we need to consciously make decisions to just say, no, I'm gonna set my mind. I'm gonna set the channel of my mind on the things that are above. Come on, I'm not gonna look eyes down what's right in front of me. I'm gonna lift my eyes to the hills because where does my help come from? It comes from Him today. He's my helper. He's my guide. He's the one in whom I put my trust. And thanksgiving, it just releases heaven into our life. We can't afford to live without a touch of heaven in You know, we need to experience heaven so that we can bring heaven to earth in Jesus' name. Come on, you're called by God. God's chosen you. doesn't matter what happened yesterday. How many know we need to get born again, again? And sometimes again, again, again. Come on, if you made a mistake this week, you know, you can come to Jesus. And no, you won't be rejected. Are you again? I thought we, uh, you know, we did that last week. No, His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. You can come to God again. Yeah, again, come, 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 come. Come on, we serve a God of the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance. And we can approach His throne of grace knowing that He can meet us in our time of need. Come on, heaven's in this place you could miss it simply because you're entitled. Oh, I deserve this. Now, the air we breathe is a gift from God. We all have something to give God thanks for. Come on, if you're going through something, in it. Not for it. You know, when it comes, you know, many people sometimes question, oh, well, did that come from God? Well, if it's not good, it's not from God. Because he only deals in good stuff. He does have, you know, every good and perfect gift comes from above. And you've got to, if we understand that and thank God for it, it's just, well, life takes on a whole nother level. Come on, if you're happy and you know, clap your hands. Man, that was so out of time. That wasn't funny, but come on, if you're happy and you know it, stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet. And just for a moment, can you tune out everything else? Tune out other voices. Even tune out where you are, what you got to do for the rest of the day, what's happening afterwards. Just tune out. And I want you to tune in right now to, to who He is. Just be aware. Wake up, wake up. You know, you're... You wake physically, but wake up your spirit right now. Come on, can we just do that in this place? And the way that you do that is by giving God thanks. Come on, wake up, wake up. Come on, wake up, wake up. Come on, let your spirit be aware of God. He's for you today. He's got a bullseye around your life, and He wants to get some things to you. You're a target of His grace. He wants to bless you. He loves you. Come on, just tune out. Some of us just need to tune out and we need to tune in. 
tune in, tune in to Him. 